Inconceivable, a game of nerdery and nonsense, trivia and tribulations. And now, here is your host, a man who needs no introduction. <laughs> Thank you, Lex Friedman. I'm Dan Morin. I guess I have to introduce myself and my scorekeeper for this game, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Dan. Lex is too busy to stay. Indeed. Well, welcome to Inconceivable, recorded live here at the Now Hear This Festival in Anaheim, California. Inconceivable, a game that tests two teams' knowledge of the nerdy, useless, and obscure. To my right is Team One. He's never going to let go you. He's never going to give you up, Mr. Stephen Schapansky. Hello. He's never thrown by this game, Mr. Monty Ashley. Hello. And she's never short on time, so we don't have to mark her tardy, Ms. Eric Ensign. Hello. <laughs> That's about right for this game. Who will captain Team One? I will. Monty. Me. Mr. Monty Ashley. That's Very good. Name. To my left, Team Two. She'll always be truly, truly, truly outrageous, Ms. Aline Sims. Hello. He's always known that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, Mr. Brian Hamilton. Hi. And he's always in the zone. Unfortunately, it's the Twilight Zone. Mr. Steve Lutz. Hey, what's up, Dan? Hey, Steve. Who will be captaining Team 2? I've been nominated. Aline has been nominated. Excellent. So as a reminder, correct answers are worth 10 points with partial credit decided by me and our scorekeeper, Jason. Round one is a little game I like to call RTFM. There's a lot of movies uh, in which it's important to read the full manual. (laughs) There are important instructions that must be followed. I'm going to ask you a question about instructions. You're going to uh, tell me the operative instruction from the movie and the movie in question. Steven, let's start with you. What should you not do if you don't want every molecule in your body to explode at the speed of light? Do you need help with this one, Steven? I always need help, Captain Monty. I believe you should not cross the streams. And that's from... Ghostbusters. Ten points. Well done. Uh, Aline, what's important to keep in mind when creating a staff of raw? I think Aline needs help. Uh, As far as I know, hopefully Steve can back me up on this one. I don't know what the instruction is, but I believe it's from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, And I would keep in mind that you should use the forward-facing amulet as opposed to the reverse-facing amulet that's burned on the back of a uh, German torturer's hand. That's always a good piece of advice. Do you you happen to know the specific instruction? Uh, uh, You go to the Well of Souls, (laughs) get the Staff of Ra. So close. Attach the amulet. And? Rotate the microphone so you can be heard. Most importantly. Uh, and wait for the sun to and talk wait for into the, the sun. Microphone. Oh, come on now! You guys have so many stipulations. Uh, wait for the sun to hit the amulet. So There's a specific instruction. Uh, it's important to keep in mind. Anybody know? You're gonna get some points for knowing the movie. Do we get some points for knowing the general gist of the instructions? That will be up to the scorekeeper. But it sounds like not a full ten points on the other side. Somebody seems to know, Monty. I think you should remember that the amulet has two sides. Well, they did say that, but I'm looking for the specific instruction given on the extra side. Bad dates? (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's like two cubits, and then you have to give back some small number to to honor the name of the Hebrew God. Take back one kadam to honor the Hebrew God, whose ark this is. Jason, what do you think on points? They got the movie... They, they're, they're really close because they also got the multi-sides and the Nazi guy with the burned hand and all so, that. So uh, I'd say eight. Eight? Eight points. All right. Eight points on the board. I'm proud of us. 
All right. Monty. Yes, sir. What precautions should you take before handling the Necronomicon Ex Mortis? That's an excellent question. Thank you. I, I came up with it myself. <laughs> the Necronomicon is a ne- word that appears in a lot of different stories. The answer is usually, don't read that, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I would also accept gloves. No, no, I would not accept gloves. It's, uh, I believe the Necronomicon you're talking about is probably the one from Army of Darkness, or at least the Evil Dead series. I, I would say that you're correct. Do you, do you know the uh, instruction? I believe the instruction is before you uh, pick it up, open it, read it, you have to say, Eklata Verata Nikto. Or it, because if you just sort of cough that last word, things are going to go very poorly. Oh, Klatu Verata Nikto. Yes. That's a full 10 Thank points. You. Well done. Good teamwork right there. Don't read the Latin. I do not. Yeah, just don't important. read the creepy old book, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a sort of meta read the, read the manual instruction. But I appreciate it. All right. Excellent. Brian? No. Yeah. (laughs) No choice in this matter. You're already here. Microphones are rolling. What three things should you never do to a mogwai? Oh, God. Any help from Aline or Steve? I know, I think, two of them. Don't feed them after midnight. Do not get them wet. Um... The sunlight apply only after they've transformed? I'm not sure if sunlight's even involved with the gremlins, which is I what this is from. I thought there was a sunlight thing, like if sun touched them, things do they, do they? I think they, they burn? They burn when you get water on them, and then they bubble, and then they turn into evil gremlins if they get enough on them. Right. I could have sworn there was a sunlight thing. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't get them wet. Uh, don't use them to scrub out your uh, cast iron pan. That's actually fine. That's oh, is actually, that okay? That's that's totally okay. Okay, not a problem. Lo- lo- love and attention. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'm gonna say not? you got two. You got yeah. two out of you got two out of three. Batteries not included. <laughs> a gremlin Excellent. is for guess. life, not just for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> or Easter with bunnies. Yeah. Uh, and you you know that you have identified it as from Gremlins. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say nine points on that one because nice. you didn't you didn't quite go with Aline, which you should have, which was do not expose them to bright lights or sunlight, which uh, will kill them. Oh, bright light, bright light. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, nine, nine points. Nine, nine points. Good. So close. Excellent. Uh, let's see. We're... So it's a battle of perfection versus imperfection so far, Dan. That's the story of this entire game, Jason. Story of my life. Erica? Oh, boy. What should you remember when you visit the Cave of Wonders? Um, hello, team. You should remember to bring your team along oh, with you. Oh, always so a good choice. So that they can help you. Do you guys even know what movie the Cave of Wonders is from? I'm seeing blank looks on my team here. Cave of Wonders is a very generic sounding name, so... You're, you're a very generic sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I keep thinking of the Cave of Forgotten Dreams, but the rules on that are just stay on the path and don't scrub off the ancient cave markings. That's also just good everyday advice. Yeah, it's polite. Yeah. Steven, Steven's making a furrowed brow over there. He's thinking hard. Sounds like something out of a theme park or fantasy land of I don't some know. sort. Uh, ju- judging by Dan's reaction when I impugned it, uh, I'm guessing it's a movie he likes a lot. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, um, but that doesn't really help me. All you that like much. Star Wars? Is yeah, Star yeah Wars? I don't remember. You don't remember the Cave of Wonders scene? <laughs> it's it's where Luke goes in and confronts Vader on Dagobah. That's the Cave of Wonders, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a cave. Um, yeah. <laughs> so points. what are what are some rules that could apply to theoretical caves? Um, perhaps. <laughs> okay, I might have to cut that one short. <laughs> Before you unleash the power, cap that tower. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. <laughs> we gotta let okay. that one go. And hey, uh, on. all right, so no ideas from I that side or that. movies or anything. I'm gonna say say some. Ma- following on the last question, uh, you have to say the magic words before you enter the cave of wonders. Oh, that's um. That's, that's... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Monty, this is Aladdin. It is and Aladdin. You have to say "Open Sesame" to get in there. That is and not cool. no no. Okay, the Disney okay. movie Aladdin. I'm remembering it now. Uh, this is why Jafar needed Aladdin to do it. Does that help anybody else on the team? Oh, I haven't seen Aladdin since it came out. Uh, did he? Ha- okay, so obviously "Open Sesame" wasn't it? Yeah, right? yeah. You've got you've got close. the you've got the movie, and you get some points for that. Does the, anybody on their team know the specific instruction? Don't take anything. Oh, specifically, speak friend and enter. Don't touch anything. The lamp. Touch nothing but but the, the lamp. lamp. Said by the creepy like cat face that actually is also the entrance to the cave. So, uh, what do you say, Jason? Five points for getting five, a movie. Five points. That All was right. a, that was a near thing, but they got it. All right. Okay. Uh, finish off this round, Mister Lutz. What? If you don't want to go subatomic and enter a quantum realm, what should you not do? Uh, don't get in the pool until thirty minutes after you eat. That's also just sound advice. I agree. Although Enter my pool did not have that problem. Realm. I, would, I would guess it was Ghostbusters if I hadn't just heard them do Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Repeat one more time. Sure. Uh, if you don't want to go subatomic and enter a quantum realm, what shouldn't you do? Team? Travel at warp 10? Um, go subatomic and enter a quantum realm. Hmm. That's, oh, some, that's some quality oh, that's podcast in there, Brian. The only, <laughs> the only thing I can possibly think of that involves going tiny is, honey, I shrunk the kids, maybe? It is, it is not. Okay. That was a good um, guess. You're on the right track with going shrinking, tiny, Maybe though. something out of inner space? Interstellar? Uh, what was the movie uh, where they go inside the guy in that's like a spaceship? Inner space or Fantastic Voyage, either okay. one of those. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm, indeed. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. No points for mm-hmm. subatomic and enter a quantum mm-hmm. realm. So it's got it's got to be a shrinking thing. I mean, got to be a shrinking thing. I would think. I was in the pool. Other side, uh, don't say it. Does anybody know what this is? Yes. Yeah, okay. Someone knows uh, what I it think, is. I think so. I okay. Would guess. Someone thinks they know. Labyrinth. What it is. is it labyrinth? <laughs> if Erica knows it. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Do you have anything, Aline? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I too am drawing a blank, and it's I I know it's something that I know, so it's right. really going to piss me off when I get the answer. all up and down that side. Uh, all right, Erica, you seem to think you know what it is. Well, I think I know the movie. I think What's, it's from Ant Man. It is indeed from uh, Ant Man. Yeah. Do you remember about, the specific enjoinder? I, I really don't. Anybody? Nobody. Paul Rudd was in Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> no points for that. Uh, the There's correct a answer special is button. Don't push it. <laughs> don't screw with the regulator. Yeah. is the answer. I think we might have also accepted. Don't shrink down so small that you go yeah, bu- yeah. go below. Yeah. I was looking for a specific line, but yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. So uh, I believe no points no, on that one, Jason. No points on that one. All right, we're at the end of round we one. We got shrinkage. Doesn't that count for something? Yo, if you got shrinkage, that's a personal problem. <laughs> and the round one, it's about to be yours. <laughs> What are our scores, Mr. Snell? Well, it was uh, looking really great for uh, Team 1 there, and then they faltered at the end, but so did their competition. So right now, it's Team 1, led by Monty, 25. Team 2, led by Aline, very close behind, at 17. Okay, still anybody's game as we move to round 2, the first of our fake-off rounds. You fake-off. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In this round, Team 1 must find the liar. Uh, you're going to get a chance. Which team are we? Your team one. Oh, we have to find the liar. You have to guys. find the liar. You're going to get a chance to bid between one and ten points uh, based on the your knowledge of science fictional terms. It's broad, I understand, but that's the way it goes. 
science fictional terms. That's very broad. I, yeah. I know a lot of science fiction. I'm less good with terms. This is wow. going to be fun because we normally don't get to look in people's eyes as they lie to us. This, this round mainly focuses on terms, so... <laughs> We're up by eight points. I say we bet at least eight. You're the captain. We're betting ten points. Yeah. Oh, they're going the full ten. Oh. True the daily f- double. That's, that's what we call the full Monty right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it had to be done. <laughs> All right. Uh, your word, team one, is scrith. S-C-R-I-T-H. Team two is going to give you definition team one. It's really hard when you're all around me in a person. It's so much easier when you're on Skype. <laughs> and our accusing um, eyes are definition. all Should we way. go down the road here? Aline, would you kick us off? All right. So this is a creature revered as a god by the inhabitants of a remote planet. Big, huge, hairy. Uh, it's got big eyes, a loud voice. Very vicious, but it turns out it was based on a pet bulldog who survived a spaceship crash on the planet several generations ago. That's, that could be a scrith, um, but other options might include... What do we got, Brian? Archaeologists doing a dig in a cave in Egypt. They discover scrawls on the walls, all over the walls, that they deem scrith. Uh, they investigate more. Uh, they t- uh, determine that it is of an alien origin. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> and that is what kicks off the plot of this here property. All right, so it's either some uh, writing, uh, alien writing on walls in Egypt or a, a scary space monster or, or it's something else. Steve, what's I don't Scrith? think that's Scrith, Dan. Uh, I think Scrith is a milky, gray, translucent... Uh, material. It's very strong. It has a very high tensile strength. And uh, it's what they use to make the ring world in the Larry Niven books based on that name. Okay. Ring world. Wow. So uh, Monty was examining Steve's brow very, very carefully closely. during that, looking for a tell. I did not like what I saw. <laughs> I'm told I have a tell. So if you figure out what it is, let me know. All right. So your definition choices are either a uh, a very... Strong substance used to build intergalactic rings. A milky gray translucent thank you, thank you, Steve. substance. Thank, thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm. A, uh, some Egyptian, uh, some, some scrawls in Egyptian caves, or a scary space monster. Only one of those is what Skrith is. None of those sounded familiar <laughs> to me. Uh, I tried reading Ringworld several times. I could never get through it, so I really don't remember if it's from that. <laughs> Guys? I've been to Egypt. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's number one. The property in number two sounds a lot like Stargate, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's necessarily accurate. I like staring into your eyes while you say this. (laughs) Yeah, they're great. (laughs) I think we've made a love connection. (laughs) As if it wasn't already That's round three, guys. Hold it off. (laughs) Steve's sounded the most right to me. Yeah, he was, I think, the most halting in his uh, his sort of definition, and he wasn't reading it. So I feel like he was trying to fake us out. I think maybe Steve's was right. I don't agree. Dan, we've come to a consensus. We believe Steve Lutz was telling us the truth. Well, that seems generally unlikely, but in this case, let's see. Steve Lutz, is Skrith, in fact, what you said it was? I was lying. Just kidding. I'm just lying right there. <laughs> You guys Ten points. Yeah. Well done. 
Nice job finding, uh, sussing out Steve's, <laughs> Steve's truth-telling. It's often difficult. All right, so that's the end of uh, round two. And uh, let's, uh, let's hold off on the scores for a minute since we, we just did the scores. We'll move into round three. Round three is a contribution by a former panelist, uh, Ms. Krista Mergan. Uh, it's entitled Undead and Loving It. Uh, this is a, a take on one of our uh, movie, melded movie rounds, uh, where we mash up two movie titles. In this case, at least one of the movies will be in honor of this Halloween season during which we record this, uh, some sort of scary movie. October. 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 So this is more of a shock vember. Really. Shock vember. As an example, no, if I gave vember, you Jason. November, I'm scared. October. If I gave you the clue, uh, a Starship crew and its superhuman prisoner travel back in time to team up with a chainsaw-wielding warrior taking on a skeleton horde, you would say... Star Trek into Army of Darkness. There you go. That's how the game is played. Do we get points for that? Why? You get zero points. Why is that how the game is played? Because I said so and I have a microphone. Oh, okay. Hey, I got one too. I'm going to (laughs) say this is how the game is played. Aline, we're going to start with you. Wait, you didn't hear the rules yet. (laughs) That's because you didn't come up with any. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm going to have your microphone cut off. Therein lies the rub. Aline, let's start with you. Uh, A pair of slackers assemble a group of their friends to stave off a zombie plague begun by a Sumatran rat monkey. I know, I know. Stunning. <laughs> I've got this if you don't. So and I'm sure it... Brian does too because he's uh, vibrating in his chair right now. So. <laughs> okay. You I don't have you... a microphone. You, you, should, you should go for it first. But go, Brian. Just so you know. I've got uh, Dead Alive. Shaun of the Dead Alive is the answer. Ten points. Well done. Excellent teamwork. All right, let's move to the other side. Steven. Well, high five sound effects. There's That's a high nice. five. That's some, some quality foley right there. That's good mic work. Steven. The operations manager and trainer at a prehistoric-inspired theme park proved to be the safest place for a UN investigator researching a worldwide zombie outbreak. Jurassic. They've got Jurassic. That's yeah. A strong guess. I believe it's Jurassic World War Z. Oh, Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's 10 <laughs> points. 10 points right there. Well done. Hmm. Excellent. Job. It turns out they made another movie that didn't end in the word park. <laughs> it's probably best that Stephen didn't answer that question because he would have said World War Z and we might have gotten it wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Canadian the Canadian versus American spellings. That's Jurassic a... Park 2 Dead 2 Zombie. <laughs> the Lost uh, Corpse. All right. This one's going to be a little on the trickier side. Brian. <laughs> you gave it to the right person. All right. The lone survivor of a worldwide outbreak that turns people into monsters moves to rural Montana, where he finds refuge among three Cornish brothers. 28 days later something. Steve, got anything, Aline? Uh, what think about the, the Cornish part? brothers again. The lone survivor of a worldwide outbreak that turns people into monsters moves to rural Montana, where he finds refuge among three Cornish brothers. Rural Montana, Cornish brothers. Wait, the lone survivor finds refuge... This is what's going to happen when you meld up some movies. There's going to be some inconsistencies. <laughs> Montana, is that like Brokeback Mountain, maybe? I don't think they were Cornish. Cornish. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, Cornish hens are delicious. Uh, I hmm. They're smaller than your usual brothers. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that takes place in Montana is... What, Steve? <laughs> I don't know. The lone survivor... Technically, in 28 Days Later, he's not the lone survivor. Because oh, he does run across a lot of people. Maybe it could be the walking... Uh, no, the walking what was the one with Will Smith? Smith. Um, oh, I Am Legend... Of Badger Vance. Of the fall. I am Legend of the Fall. <laughs> there it is. You got it. Nice Nicely job. Done. I Nicely thought that was going to be a tough one, but Bagger you sussed Bench it out. Well done. Uh, golfing. <laughs> okay. 
So the lone survivor goes golfing, basically. <laughs> Woodwatch. And, uh, and it meets mythical... Brad Pitt and Aiden Quinn, yes. and it's really how it goes well from there. Sure. Uh, all right, Monty, I think we're on to you. Yes. In rural Pennsylvania, a group of strangers take refuge from recently reanimated corpses in a prison with a death row inmate and the nun trying to help him. That sounds good. Uh, Stephen has suggested Dead Man Walking Dead. Is there a movie of The Walking Dead? That's a good point. Do these have to be two movies? These are all movies. Okay, uh, I would like to retract Stephen's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Man Walking Dead is certainly in there, though. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So that's well, Dead Man Walking is that, the Susan Sarandon, Sean well, Penn. Can we hear the whole thing again? Because it seems likely that it's going to be some title that ends in Living Dead. That seems Man not walking. unlikely. In rural Pennsylvania, a group of strangers take refuge from recently reanimated corpses in a prison with a death row inmate and the nun trying to help him. First bit sounds like Witness, actually. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Witness, yeah, that was the recently reanimated corpses, was the scariest part of Witness. Also Harrison Ford's haircut. I have trouble telling all of these movies apart because they all have very similar plots and titles, but on Erica's advice, we're going to go with Night of the Living Dead Man Walking. You guys are running rampant through this category. Well done. This is my favorite category. I love the movie <laughs> mashup titles. All right, Steve. Yeah. After the zombie apocalypse, three geographically named strangers join up with a pack of young prehistoric lizards on a cross-country trip to the Great Valley. Uh, the Great Valley, is that uh, the land before time? Yeah, there we go. Zombie land before time. There it is. Uh, well done. Also, I want to watch that movie really badly. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, let's round this out, Erica. Oh, boy. A pair of bank-robbing brothers hole up in a shopping mall on the Mexican border where they're attacked by vampires and zombies. Um, bank-robbing brothers. It's, uh, that part is from dusk till dawn. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's probably... Read the one more time just to make sure a we A pair of bank-robbing brothers hole up in a shopping mall on the Mexican border where they're attacked by vampires and zombies. Okay, so it's probably... <laughs> Um, dawn, wait, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> From dusk till dawn. From dusk till dawn of the living dead. Or dawn of the dead, actually. That one. Oh, yeah. boy. They got it. They got it. From dusk till dawn of the dead. The That's protest. valid. Well done. Wow, that was a pretty solid round for you guys. I think you got them all, right? Mr. Oh, Snell? Yeah. They got tell, them all. That was a perfect round. Scores. So now it's 65 for Team 1, Monty, Stephen, and Erica, and 47, pretty close behind, for Aline, Brian and Steve. Well, stuff could change a lot in round four, uh, which is the second of our fake off rounds. Fake off, <laughs> friend or foe, spelled F A U X. Uh, and this is Team Two's chance to bid for points. That's good podcasting, by the way. The puns, the, yeah, puns the based on spelling. Yeah. Homophones, yeah. Also, homophone you're puns. waving your hand in the air while you spelled it out. That's really going to translate well. Everybody, be quiet. It's live. We're live. <laughs> yeah, this can't be edited. This is all going to go in. Please clap. Uh, <laughs> did you say this is all going to be in no matter what and it can't be edited? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, that will depend on our editor, um, who is generally me. So this is uh, Team Two's chance to bid for points based on, you can bid between 1 and 10. If you get it right, you will get that number of points. If you get it wrong, you'll lose that number of points. And your category is fantasy terminology. <laughs> I'm sorry, how many points did we have? Mr. Scorekeeper, how many points does Team 2 currently have? Team 2 currently has 47 points. That places you 18 points behind Team oh, 1. wow. I think we have to do 10. Yeah, we had to go for broke. What the hell? Yep, 10. All right, they're going for 10 points. Your word is KEF. K-H-E-F. KEF. And our first definition comes from Mr. Schapansky. Kef is the name of a short-lived character who worked at a bar in the Zocalo on Babylon 5. Uh, Mr. Monty Ashley. Kef 
is from Stephen Bruce's Jerig novels, where Vlad Taltos is constantly drinking a coffee-like beverage called Kef. I understood exactly four of those words. Erica? Kef is from uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. It literally means the sharing of water, uh, but actually deals with the destiny that binds together a group of people known as a Ka-Tet. So I was upset at Steve for mentioning Ringworld and his answer, which turned out to be right. All three of you put properties in yours, none of which I know anything about. Yeah, so um, to recap your answers, uh, it's either a, an expression that means uh, from the what, parting of water, gathering water, sorry. Sharing? Sharing of waters, some sort of destiny. It is a, a drink from a fantasy novel. Clearly just like coffee. Clearly just like coffee. Or it is a it's character some, from, some guy from, from, Babylon from, from some guy from Babylon 5. Uh, one of those, believe it or not, is correct. I choose to not believe it. Can we get a fresh set of uh, definitions here? The secret right, ingredient. Secondary definition. More cats. All right. It's, uh, I think it's Monty's answer. Any particular reason? Any particular reason? Or does he just seem shifty it, to you? It actually sounded something like something beverage-like. I don't know that Babylon 5 counts as fantasy necessarily. So mm. I, I kind of wonder about that. I would say science fiction versus fantasy. But maybe I'm the only one who makes that distinction. Um, I haven't read the Dark Tower series. I haven't read much Stephen King. But friendship does not sound like a thing Stephen King would write. So I, I think Monty's answer is the correct one. I just worry that Kef sounds a little too much like mm. coffee. But uh, uh, your reasoning is strong, and I have no ideas of my own, so. I also think giving giving Stephen Babylon 5 is, uh, you know, on the nose. So we want to say it's a Uh, coffee-like beverage? Let's go with the Monty one. All right. Wait, let me look into his eyes for a minute. (laughs) Ooh, dream weaver. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm convinced. Uh, team, I think it's Monty. Team one, team two has decided that Kef is Monty's answer. Monty, was that was that correct? It was not. Ah! Oh no! The beverage in Jarek is Clava. K L A V A. I'm really enjoying oh, sure, my, my reread of the Dark Tower. By the way, indeed. Why, why would you mention that, Jason? Well, because that is indeed what Kef is. It indeed, is a the sharing correct of answer. Water. Was Erica. It was the, the sharing of water from the Dark Tower. I thought it wasn't because it tripped Dan up when he was trying to recap it. It's all I'm, in the game. It's all, all in the I'm game. I'm trying to be impartial. Uh, and, you know, honestly, uh, the, as to the friendship not being in Stephen King books, you have to build the friendship before you can break it down. <laughs> Step two. Sorry. Yeah, oh. Stand By Me is a Stephen King book. So that was a that was a bit of a rough round there, Jason. We're going into the last round. How do these scores stand? Well, it's still sixty five forty seven because there were no points there. Uh, so. but in fact, I oh, believe no, they, they lost, lost points. ten points. Oh, you're right. So that's going to be a uh, pretty. I like to request there. a scorekeeper that can subtract. Uh, that's <laughs> this is the are one. You sure about that? I, no, I like the one that well, can't subtract. Well, then I'd say they're down by twenty eight points, which means that if that Team One gets any of these uh, for full credit, then it, it's all over. But no we'll play problem. anyway. All over, but the shouting. All right. Here we go. Round five is the return of movie Mathemagic. Uh, this is the literary edition. So, if you remember the earlier round... Literary Mathemagic? Yes, literary Mathemagic. Um, so, as you might remember, this involves uh, titles with numbers in them. So, I'm going to give you sort of a little math problem based on numbers in titles. So, I'm thinking we're finding another movie title? Uh, you're finding another book title. A book title. What are books? Uh, books are things... They're like movies on paper. Yeah. So like a script? Yeah, exactly so like that. Okay. Uh, D- Dan? Yo. Print is dead. <laughs> 
I am reading this on an iPad, so I guess So like a that. movie on an iPad? That's yeah, not all right. weird. This is going great. Um, <laughs> we should never start do this podcast in person. Steven, we're going to start with you. Station times cities. They're books? Station 11 is a book. Okay. Uh, times cities. And then it has Anyone? to come up with another with a name. Well, you're you're going to come up with a number, and that number will turn into another title. Gotcha. So, okay, so Station 11. So we've got say. 11. Right. I don't know that that's going to get us very far without these cities. No. Well, we could try to backform it. Okay. All right. Can this... you think of any books that involve 22, 33, 44? Go ahead and stop me. 55? Uh, 66? Oh, I see what's going on here. Monty's times table is coming in handy here. Um, 99? Keep going. Uh, <laughs> 121? 132? How far can you go? Yeah. How far uh, can you go? Yeah, I guess you can go, just keep go, adding go, 11. Go. That's I don't go. think it stops. Uh any, any ideas? Um, is a magic number. Cities, right? Cities. Three cities? Tale that of two familiar. cities? T- oh, two cities. There you go. Thirteen. A tale of two cities. Station 11 plus what, a tale was that, of two uh, cities. Plus or was, multiplied? That was multiplication. Right. So we have come up with 22. Yeah. Catch 22. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Had it took some work. The other side of the there. table when they thought we were lost. Are these all going to be books, Dan? They're all going to be books. I want my beer back. <laughs> Some of them may have had movies made of them. Who can say? All right, Aline. Yeah. We're, uh, we have a uh, <laughs> clocks times men in a boat. Three men in a boat? Yes. Rub-a-dub-dub, three <laughs> men in a tub. Clocks is... Uh... I need to read more, apparently. <laughs> clocks. That one stymies me, and it's unfortunate because I had two thirds of the last one that orange was wrong. Times three equals. You say orange? Yeah, orange clocks? clockwork orange. Oh, okay. <laughs> clocks, yeah, I got nothing. You said clocks times men in a boat. Correct. Well, let's go. Let's let's assume three for the men in a boat, since mm-hmm. we at least have some basis for that. Um, clocks. 13 clocks, that's jumping out at me for some reason, but it's probably completely wrong. And it doesn't just have to be number clocks or clocks number. It could be clocks something, something, something number. Hickory, dickory, dock. No, there's no clocks in that. Yes. Numbered clocks. Well, technically all clocks have numbers. Well, you don't know. <laughs> I'll give you a hint and say you're on the right track. You, you seem to, uh, you're circling. You're circling. Well, if it were 13 times 3, then we've got 39. 39 steps? Ding! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'll give you a real bell for that. There you go. 39 steps. Excellent. Well done. I love Jerome K. Jerome's 3 and in a boat. That is, uh, yes, James Thurber's 13 Clocks. And, uh, I'll take it. Uh, 3 Men in a Boat by Jerome K. Jerome. So nice. Yes. I'm impressed. I didn't know any of that. All right. Uh, Monty possible yes sir uh gables times years in tibet yes seven years in tibet i'm not sure how many house of the seven gables that's uh 49 steps (laughs) (laughs) the sequel to the 39 steps there were 10 more steps it's a 49 step program is there a book about the 49ers 49 sort of non-fiction sports book Uh or uh the actual miners that it's based on Mm. 49, the spirit of 49. Orson Welles thing. 
1984. Um, no, um, George H.G. Uh, well, no. Or- Orwell. 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 <laughs> a lot of wells going on here. Uh, well of Souls. Um, Cave of Wonders. <laughs> Callbacks. I, I'm was that a callback? I was just saying million. Cave of Wonders. I guess I just like it. I understand. So like, so like modern science, we know what makes up the equation. We just can't find the answer. Could you repeat the question, please? Absolutely. <laughs> Gables times years in Tibet. Well, we believe it's House of Seven Gables times seven years in Tibet equals 49-somethings. And that years is where in the we bathtub is the answer right, you're so looking you, for. You successfully deduced partial of that, um, so you got some numbers. So you can get some points for that. Does the other side happen to know what the final title is? 49 is the number that is the answer to this question by Brian Hamilton. That's, uh, I look forward to the reading it. yet to be written. Yeah. Uh, I think our audience knows the answer. Mr. David Lore. I would guess it's The Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pinchon. Indeed it is. And extra so points if you myself. can tell me what that book is about. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's about daring you to finish, like every it's, Thomas Pynchon novel. It's about crying at an auction. Thomas Pynchon, I will note, was an alumni of my school. I am not proud of that. Um, <laughs> Pynchon me. I must be dreaming. All right. Uh, I'm out so, Oh, boy. There's, there's some stuff happening How many over points here. do we get for that? Jason, there were... Uh, how many five. points on that last one? Forgetting the math, Jason. You think... Uh, I like the math, uh, so I think that's a fiver. Five sounds great. Perfect. Yeah, sure, they need more points. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think we are on to um, Brian. Is that right? Uh, sure, I believe you. All right. Um, here we go. Towers times people you meet in heaven times little Indians. I apologize in advance for the unfortunately slightly unfortunate racist, racist overtones of that book. Uh, two towers times the five people you meet in heaven times how many Indians? Three? Ten little Indians. Ten li- so that's 100. Uh, ooh, there's lots of 100s. Uh, Less than you think. Um, Name one. <laughs> 100. Keep it 100. Uh, 100 Dalmatians, the prequel to one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's a tragic story. It's actually a sequel. One of the Dalmatians does not make it. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. Oh. What if the Dalmatians was Grover? <laughs> Callback. You got yourself a number. Can you get yourself a title? There's silence, which is always quality podcasting. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, Steve or Aline, do you have anything? I'm sorry, you can't hear the wheels turning? <laughs> I can smell the wood burning, but it's hard for that to come over the click, podcast. Clack, click, clack with Brian as the wheels. Out of curiosity, does the other side know 100. what the title is? I don't know. <laughs> 100. Audience members know. 100 it seems clear. The 100 uh, faces of Dr. Faces of Pagliari. Um, <laughs> I, I would read that, Steve, if you would like to write it. 100. I'm... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you out of your misery and once again I, I think our audience member knows this one it's a book that can be sung to the title of a Willie Nelson Julio Iglesias tune what's what? 100 years of solitude 100 years of solitude Gabriel Garcia Marquez by Gabriel Garcia Marquez oh, sure. I know it wasn't my question but now I'm mad at myself for not getting that <laughs> another five pointer alright so we come around to Erica okay thieves okay. times you knew it had to happen. Shades of Grey mm-hmm. <laughs> plus Ready Players. Okay, so it's Fifty Shades of Grey and Ready Player One. What was the first one? Thieves? Thieves. Got to be 40 Thieves times 40 th- Fifty okay. Shades of Grey is 200. And then what was the next uh, math symbol in this equation? Yeah, plus Ready Players. So we're at 201. Was that 
We have the correct math symbols. It was times and then plus. 201? Is that the novelization of Frank Zappa's 200 motels? But then why would it be 201? They just added an extra motel. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 200. 201. Mm. Are we sure we're getting our yeah. math, right? It would be handier if it was 2001. Yeah, it would be. Can you add another thing in there that's a 10 or something like that, and then we can multiply that and get 2,000? I might encourage you to check your math. The novelization yeah, well, of the movie you tell, 10. Can you say no, it he, again? He, he's right, it is 2,001. Oh, I would, is it? Okay. 40 times 50 is 2,000. Yeah, I was going to say, you have some, you're missing a zero. We're saying right. 2,001. Yeah, you got it. 2001, what? A Space Odyssey Space. by oh. Arthur C. Clarke. Is there a colon in there somewhere? Uh, there is a colon. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear a colon coming from that side. <laughs> Steve only likes books with colons in them. <sighs> it's true. In that particular book, the colon is silent. Much like most of the movies. <laughs> and for our last question, yep. I think around to Steve. Yay! We've revisited Princes in Amber okay. minus uh, Men Out. So one. <laughs> He's a genius, folks. It's probably not Ready Player One because they used that for Ready uh, Player for One. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good answer. But I did already use that. I think you can find another one. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I'm going to say ten points. Yeah, well done. done. One of my Excellent. Books, I couldn't come over it. <laughs> Wow, that was a great round, guys, and so smooth. Uh, it's like, uh, like butter. just incredibly, incredibly good. We're going to go to the final scores. Well, I'll tell you, Dan, uh, Monty, Steven, and Erica did great. They got 90 points. Wow. they uh, Not quite a perfect score, but very, Pretty very close. close. And Lean, Brian, and Steve, you know, they were here, and they got 62 points, and we love them. We do. We do. Aww. Thank you. I don't. So much. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Thank you to all of our panelists. Um, thank you all to our, our to our listeners for tuning in. As a reminder, if you've got any suggestions, questions, or comments, you can send them to inconceivable at theincomparable.com or, of course, our favorite Twitter account at incon underscore conceivable. Uh, thank wow. you. Who came up with that? <laughs> thank you to Jason Teller, scorekeeper, Lex Freeman, our announcer, all of our panelists, and everybody listening at home. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody. Did you say thank you all to our panelists? Yep. But no one else is going to notice that. It's All good. Right. That's the, hardly the most egregious thing I did. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs>